0: Good evening, guys. This is um, Uchen Joku, Sneaker Principal. And um, this is a Sneaker Principal Podcast. It's been about two weeks since I last actually recorded um, a podcast. I've had a bunch of podcasts that were pre-recorded. But um, these past two weeks have been very uh, interesting because I am getting ready to begin the school year as a principal and um and welcome back my community after all this happened over the course of the past six months and um we're talking about the COVID-19 pandemic we're talking about the um the racial unrest that ensued um from the generational treatment of of people of color in this country and specifically the death the death and murder of George Floyd and um as we're getting ready to go back to school, you know I am an urban principal in in an urban setting with children who are growing up in the inner city, and a lot of the things that have occurred over the past six months are things that are um, undeniably um, real and hit very close to home for my students and myself. So um, as we prepare to go back, it's interesting because to go back to school and it just be about the fact that we've been out of school because of the pandemic and to get try to get back to normal as much as possible, especially seeing we're still dealing with whether with this whole space of being remote and blended learning and all these things that many school districts around the country are going through. But the real question right now is this for me. How do we go back and have real honest dialogues about what's happening in the lives of my students. My black and brown students who are primarily growing up in an environment that speaks to what is happening nationwide. This is the real question here for me. This is the difficulty that I'm having with trying to frame this whole, this new school year, there has to be dialogue that goes beyond pity and apologetic conversations about what's happening in this country. There has to be conversations about how do we move forward? How do they protect themselves intellectually, emotionally, and physically? as they traverse a space that is very dangerous. So um, until this episode, I'm going to be talking about that and hopefully there is some kind of um, outcome result product that can be put into play in schools, at least in my school, to really move this conversation forward. And now he's been promoted. His job principal. Let's see it. So again, hello everyone. Um, so today marks, uh, so actually today in Washington, Washington, D.C. there's a, a rally thousands of people. You can see the article I have on screen right here um, this this is the com- uh commemoration of the seventy i'm sorry the fifty seventh year since the march on Washington when dr King gave his famous speech i have a dream and the young lady you see on the screen here this article here is uh, from USA today and um and the young lady you see on the screen here is his uh it says here his only granddaughter and she spoke at at today 's march and I watched it on t- on uh, on television and it was um it was it was amazing to see a young lady, this young lady, on stage in front of thousands of people in front of the uh, the Lincoln Memorial, and speaking powerfully about how she's been impacted by all the things that's happened over the course of the past months and even few couple of years that she's been alive, and um and it's as I'm watching her speak, I'm I'm just Bewildered by how a girl so young is tackling such issues that her father, that her grandfather, you know, fought and gave his life up for to resolve 57 years ago. And here we are still fighting the same battle, engaging the same war for equality, for, equal, for equity, for a place at the table, for respect, for for humanity, in, in just in the way we're being treated. And um, it saddens me because she, this young lady represents the young people that I teach, that I've taught in, in the course of my career, that I actually now, I am a principal of a school where students that look just like her, that have had the same experience as her, you know, are... are coming every are going to be coming every day or engaging in in everyday learning and it's like how do you have these conversations? How do you how do you unpack all of this in a way that hasn't been unpacked before? Fifty seven years. And we're not even talking about all the time before that. But it's 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 just emotionally just draining to to know that this is where we are. Jacob Blake hurt my it, it, you know it's funny because it, it's her, his sister said something in during a, the, the initial press conference. she said that um, she, I'm gonna paraphrase that she was numb, that she hadn't even cried yet, you know after the, the shooting of her of her of her brother in the back seven times. And and um, I knew exactly what she's saying about being numb. It's it's like it's like a boxer, you know. They, a lot of boxers say that uh, that they don't even feel the punches, you know. And and it's funny because a regular human being getting punched in the face in a boxing match is probably gonna like you know tap out. If, after you've been punched enough times over and over again, it becomes just okay. It's just part of, it's just part of the reality of 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 the sport. And I'm not trying to call what's been happening a sport, but it feels like it. The hunting down. The, the 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 corralling of the the elimination of men, and women of color in in spaces where they could be covered up as as a crime or or as a encounter with law enforcement. It's it's scary. It's extremely scary. You know, I, I worry when I'm in my car driving. You know, when I see the police, the first thing that comes to my mind is not, you know, that's a police officer here to protect and serve. You know it's, my question is, did they see me and would they come after me for whatever reason? And that's my, that's my daily re- reality dealing with police officers or law enforcement, you know, and I am far from a thug. I'm far from a criminal. I'm far from anything that would warrant that, but it's the reality. And a lot of my students, a lot of students in the inner cities, in, in the inner cities of America live in spaces that are super policed and then they have to travel through those spaces to get to school, to to just live grocery stores, pick up their brothers and sisters, go visit grandma and grandpa or whatever the case may be. They have to travel through these spaces that are super unsafe. And the question is, what do we do about it? You know, we've been talking about, you know, you know, police reform and we've been talking about, you know, protests and voting rights and all these different things but I'll be honest with you from, from from my emotional space right now I'm like is any of this working will any of this work and I see this young lady right here and I'm, and I'm just like what is what is, what is what is next you know what is next like what's going to happen next you know like it's like you're waiting for the other thousand shoes to drop, because it feels like every couple of weeks it's another shoe that drops. It just entrenches us even deeper in the space of of just victimization and just like, you know, dehumanization. Less than a year before he was assassinated, my grandfather predicted this very moment. He said that we were moving into a new phase of the struggle. The first phase was the Civil Rights, and the new phase is Genuine Equality! Genuine Equality is why we are here today, and why people are coming together all across the world, from New Zealand to New Jersey. He said that we must not forget the days of of Montgomery, we must not forget the sit-ins, it movements We must not forget The Freedom Rides The Birmingham Movement And Selma Papa King We will Genuine equality I mean look at how How powerful this young lady is Like Like The DNA doesn't lie You know The DNA doesn't lie And um I know Papa King is 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 Looking down from heaven And, and proud Of his Of his Granddaughter Genuine equality You know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking myself Whether or not the, is, the issue here is the, the fight and struggle You know, the protests The raging in the streets the, the calling for attention I'm wondering if that's even enough anymore It still needs to happen I feel like that's another space is I'm sitting here thinking because in the school buildings, one thing that's not happening and people might can say, yo, it's happening in different places. But when I say it's not happening, it's not happening collectively. There isn't a collective voice, a collective ideology in the way we educate our children. You know, if you ask, if you ask a, a typical 12th grader right now, define genuine equality. I'll tell you this right now. They would have a problem with that. I'm not trying to say our kids are not smart. I'm not trying to say they're incapable of critical thinking. But I am saying that we have not educated them to truly be critical thinkers. We have trained them to, an, to analyze documents and to interpret documents at face value. We have not taught them to actually dig deep into the history of, of their identity and we where, they, where they've come from. We've not trained them to look into into the history of of America and the history of 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 their of, of the journey that's taking for them to arrive into this country for all of us, and also talk about what are the things that has led to where we are right now. Why is it that after Emmett Till, after after? After that, the king Malcolm X, you know, and everyone that has that has been snuffed out over the course of our history, that we're still here. Why is that? Why is it that we're moving in fear? So I'm going to say this right now. Like when I say that when I shared earlier about my anxiety and my my and the way I move in the streets around police and when I see them. This is, this is, this is, this is the truth and reality of most black men in this country. I know this for a fact because I've talked to, I spoke to other brothers and, 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 and black and brown who've who've shared, you know, they, they might not be scared, but they are scared of the outcomes of those interactions of what it could mean for their freedom and for their lives. And when you live in a space like that How do you define genuine equality Do you even know what that is Why is that not being taught in schools What it means To be genuinely equal What that looks like What that feels like And how do you get there I've heard this 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 quote I'm going to paraphrase it I've heard this quote multiple times over the past two weeks. I've I've been reading, The Miseducation of the, of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson, and I was also, you know, surprisingly, I'm um, reading um, um, I don't remember his name right now. Um, it's gonna come back to me. It's it's a, a, a uh, quite a famous uh, mo- motivational speaker, and he has a book called Money. And, he, and um And in the book, he taught he this quote kind of comes up again about finances. And it is that, you know, if you control the way people think, you can make them do anything that you want. You know, Carter G. G. Wish was talking about the the, the level of education and, and how we're educating black folk and brown folk and how it has, you know, it has devastatingly put us in a place where we... Are trapped in a cycle of poverty, and 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 we've subjugated ourselves into this in the space that we are in, incapable, you know. At least we believe we're incapable of doing any more than we have as a people, you know. And in this other book I was reading about money, it was saying in there that the financial systems and the banking systems have. Dictated what we know about the way that works So as a result We fall prey to predatory lending And all those financial spaces where You know, we get cheated And we're like, what happened? Why are we poor? Why why, why is it that no matter what we do We cannot come out of this space that we're in We have to start teaching in our schools. The things that are compulsory for us to be informed human beings. We have to create spaces where we actually look at history and not a watered down whitewashed history, but a history that is real, that speaks to the reality of what has happened, what is happening and how did we get here? because if we know how we got here, we can try to figure out how to get out of it. It is shameful to me that names like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, have become the definition of blackness. Because no matter how much we want to celebrate their lives, they are reminders of the pain and the agony that we have collectively endured for centuries. and this problem is not an american problem. It's a worldwide problem. My wife asked me the other day, you know, actually yesterday, about how do I balance my africanness with being raised here in america? Because my historical my my historical background is not of slavery. You know, it's not of oppression, it's not of the American oppression. I came here to this country when I was in middle school from Nigeria, and from that point I kind of melded myself into the culture here. But with a little education, with a lot of education, a lot of digging deep into the history of, of this country, we see that um I've learned and seen that. There's a very, very direct link that has been hidden between slavery and colonialism. Because yes, the br- slavery was brutal, and what happened here was a stripping up of a people's identities and their freedoms and their humanity. But at the same time, in Africa, those of us who were still there, who were not kidnapped, were still under the knee of Europe. And we were taken for our resources We were made to work Our land To fatten the pockets Of our European colonizers So In both spaces We were both manipulated And then the eventual result was Keeping us apart from each other You know uh, What we know What Africans knew of African Americans was defined by what was what was portrayed in media and in 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 those spaces of of this is what African Americans are like, and the same thing what was portrayed of Africans African Americans was like the savages and the monkeys. So we never, at least back then, we weren't really meshing together. And thank God now that that's happening more and more. The education I'm asking for has to happen on both continents, in every, in across the diaspora, where we really get to start to understand and learn the history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We need to empower our students to be proud of who they are, to know who they are. If I if I had it my way, I would it, listen. I'll tell you this: if I if if I could run my school, an independent school. One of the things I would do, it would, I would welcome everyone. I'd welcome every child, I don't care, regardless of race. But every child in the school would do a deep dive into their historical identity. I would, I would even find a way to have every student, you know, you know, that wanted to to be genetically tested, so they can get their their they they can find out what their DNA heritage is. What part of the world are you from? Who are your earliest ancestors? And really dig deep into that. Look at the science of it, the mathematics of it, the, hist- the history of it. The the the, the 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 dig into literary text and understand and 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 really dig into your identity. Because I really believe if you know who you are, the world becomes a very different place. Think about it this way. One of the things I've always found interesting is that the most powerful, the most elite families in this world have a very strong cultural identity. They take pride in being able to trace back their their ancestry, generations. Where's the correlation between knowing your historical background, your lineage, and power? And being empowered and having a voice. 've I've, I've read stories about families that you know that literally have volumes of text and and journals from their from their ancestors they can say they can tell you how they're connected to to who I remember w- when I found out that um George w. Bush and giant Kerry who ran f- who ran against each other for 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 uh for president were actually cousins and I was like that's weird. Did they know they were cousins? They're actually cousins by blood. And then not only that, they were classmates in college. They're fraternal brothers. But here we are watching TV and we're like, we hope that John Kerry wins, but he's a Democrat. And we hope that, you know, and those who were like, no, no, we want Bush to win because he's a Republican. But more than that, their blood. So, regardless of who who won, regardless of who won the elections, their family won. We need to start educating our, our children and helping them understand who they are, and start building those familial bonds, those ancestral bonds. Yes, we need to protest. We need to speak up. We need to, we need police reform. We need all that but our schooling has to go deeper than just algebra, geometry, and US history, and AP, this, AP, that. That's not enough. That's not enough. It hasn't worked. There's a place for, 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 for those core content subjects. But in my opinion, core content should be you starting, studying the core of who you are. No longer should we be having to fight and beg to be recognized if we recognize who we are as a people then guess what there is no begging tell a Zulu to beg not gonna happen tell the Ibo man to beg tell Yoruba man to beg tell tell, tell, tell a a uh, a tree man, Mandinka, to beg, not gonna happen, because the core of the identity comes down to their history, and understanding the st- and knowing the stories of who, how they got to where they are today. That's what I'm saying. In 57 years, I, w- I would love to see a comm- you know, another another gathering of folks. Who are 100% aware of who they are Who've been educated on How they've arrived to where they are And have a clear plan of where they're going You can't plan for where you're going If you don't know who you are and where you've come from This is what should be happening in schools I know it's a fantasy you know, But I also believe it could be a reality Alright guys, with that being said this is Uche Njoku, the sneaker principal. Thank you for, uh, for um, allowing me to speak my mind. I will talk soon again. Peace.